Welcome to Live in the Messiah's Love. I'm Kamisha Lucier, your host, and I'm so glad you're here with me today. Um, today, we're going to start basic training, and my beloved husband is here with me, um, John, to help with this process of sharing what's on the Lord's heart and getting his people ready and prepared to be that warrior, that warrior or elite force for the Lord and do those those expeditions on behalf of the Almighty Father in this time and season. Welcome, honey. Thank you for having me, honey, honey. Well, I'm so grateful for you being here. So today's episode is called Our History. And we're just going to do a, a review of God's view and changing our perspective and just taking in what our history is and the value of it and what it means. Some of the tools that we're going to be looking or using during this time are going to be um, first a Bible. It's always good to have a tangible Bible Amen. in your possession. Have a copy of the Word of God because it cannot be changed or altered once it's in your hands. Um, you want to look for a good quality translation of the Word. Um, commentaries are okay, but it's really important to have just the the solid word of God so that you have an opportunity to hear from the Holy Spirit directly what he wants to say to you. And you're not limited by what only has been revealed to someone else. God is a good God. Holy Spirit has lots to say, and he is always, always, always conveying the heart of God and the will of God and the word of God to us. He wants to reveal it. Uh, we're also going to be using uh, the Blue Letter Bible, um, which is a concordance. You actually can find it at blueletterbible.org online um, to use as a tool um, to go with or to accompany that your your tangible Bible that you have, if you have one. Um, and what the Blue Letter Bible is good for is using the Strong's Concordance that is a part of it. You'll go to the website, Blue Letter Bible, that's B-L-U-E-L-E-T-T-E-R, B-I-B-L-E dot or O-R-G, and you'll be able to review um, the King James Version and then also get access to the Strong's Concordance where you can look up specific definitions of words in the language that um, they were spoken originally, originally when the Word of God was breathed and inspired to be written. So it's helpful just for getting clarification, because especially if you're an English speaker, our language can be um, confusing at times. <laughs> it can be difficult. You know, we can be honest. <laughs> Absolutely. As we are. Absolutely. So just seeing what the words mean and helping make tangible connections is always, always helpful. Mm-hmm. So my love, um, we're going to be, our springboard scripture is Ephesians chapter 1, verses 4 through 14. And uh, do you want to read that scripture first and then give us an overview of why this import- is important? Or do you want let's, to yeah, let's, overview first? The most important thing is the word. So let's start with that. And then we can, I'll say, provide an overview after. All okay, right. That sounds good. So <clears throat> I'll read it. It says, just as he chose us in him before the foundation of the world, that we would be holy and blameless before him. In love, he predestined us to adoption as sons through Jesus Christ to himself, according to all the kind intention of his will, to the praise of his glory, excuse me, to the praise of the glory of his grace, Mm -hmm. which he freely bestowed on us in the beloved. 
In him we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of our trespasses, according to the riches of his grace, which he lavished on us. In all wisdom and insight, he made known to us the mystery of his will, according to his kind intention, which he purposed in him with a view to an administration suitable to the fullness of times, that is, the summing up of all things in Christ, things in the heavens and things on the earth, in him. Also we have obtained an inheritance, having been predestined according to his purpose, who works all things after the counsel of his will, to the end that we, who were the first to hope in Christ, would be to the praise of his glory. In him you also, after listening to the message of truth, the gospel of your salvation, having also believed, you were sealed in him with the Holy Spirit of promise, who is given as a pledge of our inheritance with a view to the redemption of God's own possession, to the praise of his glory. Amen. Amen, indeed. You know, I, I love this section of Scripture. I mean, I love all Scripture. Mm-hmm. But there is something special about this section of Scripture here, especially, as you mentioned, pertaining to our history. It is vital to the life of every believer and especially as we were talking about building up the, a, a, if you will, an elite force or building up warriors mm-hmm. for the kingdom of God and his army, that we learn our history. You know, and if you will, even in the military, that's one of the first things that the people who arrive at boot camp do. They learn about the history, yes, of the nation, but also of the military and specific, if you will, to their branch of service, but it doesn't stop there. They get tested on those things and it gets ingrained in them and they're learning it. They have to study it, but then they also study it while they're going about their tasks and, and the different events throughout boot camp. So it becomes even more ingrained mm-hmm. and, it, and it's imperative, not just for them, but for us as Christians and believers, because from that history, people can derive strength. They become aware of the, the, their heritage and the lineage that they are now a part of, mm-hmm. right? And, and as I was saying, it doesn't just stop there. It continues far after boot camp when they get to their, their various commands or if you go to special forces or these special mission units they also have their own heritage and lineage and history. Mm-hmm. And that gets taught. And even down to the specific groups or teams that you become a part of. And it is taught to each individual so that they have something they can draw from, to be strengthened, that they can go and remember what they have now entered into is in, in, in that being part of the lineage and part of the heritage not that it's about them, but again, they've entered into that. And now they can draw that strength from it, but they're participating. There are many that have gone before them, and they are now have been equipped and trained and are there to also carry out the role and to teach others that will come behind them. 
So it's not that they're the center of the history. Mm-hmm. They are now part of it and are involved in the legacy of that heritage. Amen. Amen. And as it pertains to this scripture, that's what Paul is making clear for the Christian, for the believer of the, of the, our Lord and Savior, Jesus the Christ, the Messiah. Mm-hmm. He's saying, this is your history from before the world was even founded. This is the plan. This is the purpose of the Lord. This entire story, mm-hmm. the, the, the Word of God, the Bible, Scripture, mm-hmm. is about our Lord and Savior, Jesus the Christ. Amen. Right? So we can't exclude him from any part of it. Amen. We're saying, this is it from the beginning, and it's still being played out even today. Mm-hmm. It's it, it hasn't or the fullness as you said down here has not happened yet. He's mm-hmm. not regathered everyone to himself mm-hmm. yet. So you have a part and a role to play. But again, as I said, learning that history and that heritage allows you to to strengthen yourself in your most holy faith as it pertains to the to the word and your life as a believer, because you can say, look, the Lord did all these things for all these. Yes, here was a faith, but people, his people, over the generations, up to today. And he's the same yesterday, today, and forever. So it allows us to be strengthened in the Lord and in our faith, our trust in him. Amen. So that we can stand and teach others to do the same. Amen. Thank you, honey. Um, so as you look at Ephesians, it is just what you said. It is a history, but it's also the roadmap. Amen. History tells us what's behind us. The roadmap tells us what's before us. And it takes us from eternity through time back to eternity. Amen. And that is what the Lord is working on. And I, I love that you said it gives us strength because it helps us stay on course um, when we know our history, when we know what the Lord is doing. And and please understand this and, and go ahead and start conditioning your mind now. I'm not talking about natural human history because we are sojourners here. Heaven is our home. I'm talking about the history of what God is doing, why he's doing it, and what it means for us, to us, and through us to be a part of that plan. And again, this is foundational for your strength so that you're able to stay on course. You know, for the military, that's one thing that's very important. Knowing their history is or being taught the nation's history and their branches history Mm. shapes everything that they hear. So whenever they receive information as a part of that body, they're receiving it through the lens of their history so it gives it application it gives it relevance and it helps them to walk circumspectly to walk aware of their surroundings and helps them to function in the community that they're a part of because they understand the history where they came from and where they're going and where they're going they understand the history and the roadmap exactly and that's what as you said this is provided here and there are a number of places in scripture even up to this this book and this chapter, like in Acts, Stephen provides a defense of the gospel by doing what? He he goes to their history all the way back from Abraham, at, right up to that point. So clearly he knew the history. It was meaningful. He, he 
grew as a result, but also it was his and no one could take that from him mm-hmm. because he knew it. He understood it. It was ingrained in him as it were. What's it say about Satan and the adversary and what he attempts to do, especially towards the end to change times and seasons and laws and well, what is that? That's our history. Mm. So understanding it allows us to know where we came from, even if or when someone attempts to change those things. Look throughout even natural history. And what happens? You will find oftentimes many people try to come in and rewrite their history with a, a current view, right, of mm-hmm. with current perspectives. Well, that, that diminishes things. How are people able to, to, like David, he drew his strength from the history of what the Lord had done in the lives of the generations before him. And then also in his own life, this is what you've done in my life, Lord, for me throughout the years. So I know you have this situation here. Amen. Amen. So before we get fully uh, immersed in this lesson for today, we're going to go over some key terms and then we'll go over the definition of those key terms. So that way we're able to um, communicate. And as you study the word, your understanding is strengthened as well. So our key terms for today's episode um, and probably through the next couple of lessons Um, Number one is Godhead. Number two, manifold wisdom of God. Number three, heavenly community. And number four, carnal mind. These words are going to be important um, as we study the scriptures that we're going to talk about, um, even the scriptures that we've gone over thus far. And um, our scriptures or words that you'll hear um, as we continue to go through our lessons, but also you'll see them and come across some of these as you go through the word in your own independent studies. So let's start talking about the first one, which is Godhead. The word Godhead is used to describe the triune God, who is Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. They are equal and divinely submitted, not subjugated, three in one, each having a specific role that they perform. So you might have heard the word Trinity um, in, in religious talk or church or things of that nature to describe who God is. But the word Trinity is not necessarily in the scripture, but the word Godhead is used to signify the leadership, the authority, and the oneness of God the Father. God is one, but he has three specific roles. And I don't want to say personalities, but for English language, I don't have another word other than persons of the Godhead. We see God the Father, God the Son, who is the Lord Jesus Christ, and the Holy Spirit. Again, each with their own specific role. Amen. And so there's just some supporting scripture for where you're at, and we'll let the the listener look at or look them up on their own. And that's Romans one twenty and Colossians two nine. So take note on these scriptures, um, and then you know start studying them out on in your own time, so that you can see where it's written, what what we're talking about. Um, Next, we're going to go to manifold wisdom of God. 
the manifold wisdom of God is multifaceted. And, and this is God's wisdom just in general. It is multifaceted, deep and complex wisdom and the counsel of God. It is beyond the natural, carnal human mind, and it can only begin to be grasped by the spirit, the reborn spirit inside of mankind. It is revealed by Holy Spirit, either through his written or spoken word, but it cannot be figured out or and it cannot be figured out by sitting down and reasoning or trying or as though trying to put together a puzzle. The manifold wisdom of God is unique in the fact that one action on God's part can address many levels of one event or multiple and many levels of spirit and natural. It can, uh, one action from God can address the individual human life all the way through to the future and multiple human lives all at the same time from one action on God's part and the spiritual realm. Amen. And there are a number of scriptures that you can utilize to support this, right? Ephesians 3, 8 and 10, Romans 11, 33, 1 Corinthians 1, 18 through 25 and verse 27, Romans 8, 5 through 8, Ezekiel 28, 12 through 19, and, and actually, uh, I'll, I'll give you another example. Right in the beginning in Genesis, right, the first words that the Lord spoke was, let there be light. Mm-hmm. And everything that was light-bearing began and shone as light. So it happened, you see right there, just in that brief example, every, every facet, every aspect was taken care of. Just by one, I'll say one breath of the Lord, one mm-hmm. command. Mm-hmm. It's a few words spoken. Amen. And, and and also Christ and His earthly ministry. Right, Paul talks about it as that we would be presented without spot, wrinkle, or blemish. Mm-hmm. Well, Scripture tells us that we are spirit. We have a soul, and we are in a body. So it's also, he says, that our spirit, soul, and body be presented blameless, right? Mm -hmm. So in there, if you look throughout and study out Christ's ministry on earth, everything that he did, he ministered not just to the person's body, their physical ailment. He also took care of their soul and first and foremost, their spirit, Mm -hmm. the spirit man within them. So it's important for us to recognize that as we move forward in this study, and especially speaking about the manifold wisdom of God. Amen. Amen. Um, We have an example that we're going to read in Ezekiel 28, verses 12 through 19, just an example of how the Lord, an an additional example, um, how the Lord spoke one thing. So Genesis, example that let there be light, we see that echoing all the way through to currently, from the beginning of when the earth was um, place back <laughs> the way it was supposed to be. And even till today, and it, that light will continue until things are wrapped up. And then the son, the son of God will be the light of the kingdom itself. Um, 
But that's an example of the manifold wisdom of God going deep and far reaching through um, time and into the future. But Ezekiel 28 verses 12 through 19 um, is an example of seeing how God released one word and it spoke to the natural and it spoke to the spiritual. So in one conversation, God is able to address multiple things and a, and a deep address um, is what he's going to make in this example. Honey, you had something you wanted to say? I'll, I'll read it for you. Oh, okay. Just Thank to you, make Rob. things easier. So it's Ezekiel 28, starting in verse 12. It says, Son of man, take up a lamentation over the king of Tyre and say to him, Thus says the Lord God, You had a seal of perfection, full of wisdom and perfect in beauty. You were in Eden, the garden of God. Every precious stone was your covering, the ruby, the topaz, and the diamond, the beryl, the onyx, and the jasper, the lapis lazuli, the turquoise, and the emerald, and the gold. The workmanship of your settings and sockets was in you. On the day that you were created, they were prepared. You were the anointed cherub who covers, and I placed you there. You were on the holy mountain of God. You walked in the midst of the stones of fire. You were blameless in your ways. From the day you were created until unrighteousness was found in you. By the abundance of your trade, you were internally filled with violence, and you sinned. Therefore, I have cast you as profane from the mountain of God, and I have destroyed you, O covering cherub, from the midst of the stones of fire. Your heart was lifted up because of your beauty. You corrupted your wisdom by reason of your splendor. I cast you to the ground. I put you before kings that they may see you. By the multitude of your iniquities and the unrighteousness of your trade, you profaned your sanctuaries. Therefore I have brought fire from the midst of you. It has consumed you, and I have turned you into ashes on the earth and the eyes of all who see you, all who know you amongst the peoples." Are appalled at you. You have become terrified and you will cease to be forever. Amen. That's so, an intense word. Yes, it is. And I, I thank God for it. Amen. Um, so this is one word that Ezekiel um, received by revelation from the Lord. It's not something that he could have figured out on his own. But in the same declaration, the Lord spoke to a natural man previous, mm -hmm. uh, prior to this, and then he spoke to a spirit after this and he's actually talking about satan here and even in this one word it goes from past to what happened in the in the very beginning Amen. to what happened currently if you will and also speaks to future things so this is the manifold wisdom of god and this is just a, a demonstration of it how it appears in word um in the word of god which is important for us to understand about the lord um, so let's go to the next definition, which is um, heavenly community. Uh, this is a term not found in the scripture, but is akin to the family of God. It is a term that I use and my family uses and in the ministry as the Holy Spirit has given us utterance and insight and shared with us. Um, it represents the entire family of God in heaven and still on the earth and even um, angelic beings that mm -hmm. are walking around in the earth doing, doing different missions and assignments here. Um, as you study the books of Daniel, Ezekiel, Revelation, Genesis, Zechariah, Second Kings, etc., um, 
you'll see various kinds of angelic beings or celestial beings. Um, and then we also know about the terrestrial beings that would be us, um, and living creatures that are in heaven and beings that are in heaven. And there's a variety of descriptions and appearances and functions. Humans who receive Jesus as Lord and Savior are a part of this heavenly community. And although um, they are not fully reunited, I mean, in physical presence reunited, we're reunited by spirit, but not physically in presence until uh, we go home to be with the Lord or the final, you know, the Lord returns and um, that final reunion of the new heaven and the new earth. So this just describes the people and the family of God in a way that in, it just captures everything because everybody in heaven is not an angel per se, um, or the same kind of angel, things of that nature. And this really not de- uh, meant to get into a theological debate over, you know, or even a study of what kind of beings there are, because it's not a concrete fact to your walk with Jesus Christ. It may be interesting to learn about, but it's not material in making you the strongest believer that you need to be because the determining factor and the deciding factor is that we are the ones who choose to remain submitted to the will of God versus who we just read about in (laughs) Ezekiel who decided not to remain committed to the will of God. There's the scripture that says that in him is where all the families in heaven and on earth get their name from. Amen. That's Ephesians 3.15. Amen. So um, I bring that up because even in that, that one verse, it talks about those that have already returned to the mm-hmm. heavenly community, right? Amen. But, but what is a community? It is a number of families with a shared belief, right? And sense of purpose and working towards a common goal. In the, in the short, if you will, natural perspective of, of how we consider community. Mm-hmm. So wouldn't this be, as, as it pertains to the kingdom of God, it is, again, the heavenly community. Those that have gone before us that have returned to heaven, that the Lord has said, well done, my good and faithful servant. And those that he is, uh, if you will, those that have squeaked in, right? <laughs> Amen. And, and Amen. We, we could acknowledge that that exists, but here and what we're doing now and in this is that nobody squeaks in, that these that you will be a warrior in mm-hmm. the army of the Lord. There's no squeaking in for warriors. Amen. Amen. <laughs> they, Amen. they move with force and with gusto and might and, and strength and authority given to them by the Lord. Amen. And specific dedication. Amen. So I just wanted to bring that up as we you know, discuss heavenly community. Amen. So, and so let's, let's move on to carnal mind, because that's going to be important as we... Um, Uh, move into the next section of uh, discussion. Um, Carnal mind means forming ideas or beliefs based on what can be gathered from natural human reasoning, the five senses, the intellect or, and, or emotions. Um, Carnal, a carnal mind is thinking in terms of what is quote unquote, humanly possible and having a mindset and, and subsequent to having a thought pattern that says what's humanly possible, it, also excludes God. 
A carnal mind is thinking and acting based on human nature rather than based on the divine nature of Christ or the Godhead in you. Um, so for this, um, this definition, you can find a point of reference in Romans chapter eight, verses five through nine. Um, but also why don't log into the Strong's or the blue letter Bible online and look up Strong's, um, word G four, five, six, one to also get some more clarification on what the carnal mindset is and what the carnal mind is. Absolutely. But also with, if you will, looking at the carnal mind, Mm -hmm. that puts an individual at the center. Mm -hmm. As we said earlier, just in this... A human at the center, not God. Right, exactly. Mm -hmm. This isn't our story. We are a part of this heritage and this lineage, this this story. But it's always about the Lord. Mm -hmm. From the beginning, or from eternity to eternity. Mm-hmm. This entire thing is about him. Amen. Not us. Amen. So we can't be the center of someone else's story. Glory to God. That's right. We are a part of it in his story. It's his world, literally. <laughs> <laughs> we're just in it. So we're almost out of time for today, um, but we are going to pick up the next lesson and continue with this discussion on our history. And we're going to start dissecting the point of view and the perspective so that we can align ourselves with God's perspective so we can clearly see, understand, and perceive our history and things from God's viewpoint. Amen. Amen. Well, thank you so much for joining us. I am so grateful for you. Um, Take a moment and share this with someone if you have the opportunity and you believe it'll bless them to walk with you and us through this journey. And I'll see you back here next week. And remember to live your life in the Messiah's love. God bless you. Want to know more about a day of prayer? Sign up for our newsletter where you'll get the latest updates on the ministry inspiring messages, and coupon codes for the merch shop. Visit our website, adayofprayer.org. Click on connect in the menu bar and complete the form. Be sure to check the box that says subscribe.